0: Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to the Sober's Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. And today we have a very cool guest who goes by the name of Claire Kamai, who's the founder of Rehab Studios. And before I bring her in, I would love to read her bio real quick so we get acquainted and really enjoy this next episode. Claire Kamai is the founder and CEO of apparel and jewelry brand Rehab Studios, The brand and designs are inspired by her own struggles with addiction before getting sober at age 24. She is now three and a half years sober and a vocal advocate for eradicating the stigma and increased research and awareness in addiction and mental health. Claire lives in Brooklyn, New York. Her hobbies include skydiving. She has recently earned a professional A-level license in Brazil and spray painting. She's also an avid traveler, having visited 29 countries so far. Next stop, Tanzania in November. We are really excited to bring um, Claire on to the Sober's Dope podcast. And as everyone out there know, we just did a great episode with our friend Rex. from the hip hop scene, and Rex is one of our supporters, and that was really cool. um If you're new to the Sober Is Dope podcast, I want everyone out there to know that you can go to soberisdope dot com to check out all of our over 300 podcast episodes, and you can also check out our videos from our Sober Is Dope YouTube. You could write testimonials. You could read our blog. You could really get in. You could donate. You can find different ways to be involved with the so Dope community. You can also find links to our social media. Um, it's really exciting. So, sobizdope.com. And please, if you're listening, leave a review for the podcast. It goes a long way. I'm really excited. Uh, I just celebrated my 43rd birthday on September 29th. This year, Uh, December 15th, will make 10 years sober for your boy, Pop Buchanan. So I'm extremely excited today to share both um, this podcast with Claire, but also my continued testimony on my recovery, despite whatever the world is going through, despite whatever I'm personally dealing with. I wake up every day and as long as I have my recovery intact, I feel like I'm a winner. Everything else could be worked out. Everything else could be handled, but you can't do anything if you're stuck in addiction. And I believe it's never too late to be amazing. And I want you all to understand and hear me clearly. Don't give up on yourself. If you're out there and you're struggling with addiction, keep it going. Um, Don't give up the faith, right? Um, Hang in there, survive. Because a lot of people get hit with a lot of pressure from family and then you want to give up. A lot of people overdose, a lot of people committing suicide, a lot of people just getting sick because they feel like the world gave up on them or they can't see a way out. And I definitely want you to know there's always a way out if you're dealing with addiction. All right. It's usually not your fault. Um, Most of us come to our addiction from pain and trauma. And I really want you to understand something may have happened to you that triggered the behavior and the escape to drink or you do, do drugs. And then what tends to happen is from there, you go off the deep end and you're it's hard to get out, to dig yourself back up out of that rabbit hole. All right. I understand this very well. So I want you all to understand that you are worthy for healing. You are worthy to be sober and clean from whatever addiction you're in. Um, alcohol and drug dependency is not a dead end road. There is life after addiction. There is paradise on the other side. And these are some of the things that I love to speak about on the Sober's Dope podcast, how I went from despair to victory and um, from depression to happiness and from addiction to sobriety and kind of putting my life in that perspective. So I love you all. And we're going to bring in our friend Claire now on the Soap is Dope podcast. We're going to um, tap her in. This is Claire Kamai of Rehab Studios. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, friends and family. Welcome to the Sober as Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan, and I'm extremely, extremely excited. And I hope I'm getting your name right. It's Claire Kamai, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. All right.
0: We got the great Claire Kamai from Rehab Studios, formerly known as Rehab Barbie, and we'll talk a little bit about that on the as Though podcast. She's hailing from Brooklyn, New York. She has a little bit over three years in recovery. She pretty much loves to talk about addiction signs, the brain and recovery. She's a marketing specialist amongst other things. As you heard, she's an avid skydiver and she's just an all around amazing renaissance woman. And I'm really happy to have you here today. Claire, how are you feeling?
1: I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. You know, I love the Sober is Dope brand and I really love your energy so much. So yeah, really glad we get this opportunity to chat.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So Claire, uh, what's important for us is to get right down to the nitty and gritty because we want to add as much value to our um, audience as possible. So can you tell us specifically, um, how did you uh, tell us the nature of your addiction and how you found your recovery? And then we'll go into a little bit of background about you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my... My struggles with addiction were very present very early on. I didn't have a lot of like that warming up period where the addiction kind of builds. I was really you know almost as soon as I started drinking uh was drinking alcoholically and it caused all sorts of problems for me right away um I didn't really deal i mean maybe the first few years, but uh as things progressed I didn't have many feelings of denial. I knew that I was an alcoholic um, and my family knew. (laughs) A lot of people knew. Law enforcement knew. But um, I, you know, I didn't want to get sober because I thought that even though, you know, there's all these um, negative consequences that I'm dealing with, it still wouldn't be worth it for me to change and have a sober lifestyle. It'd be too difficult and it wouldn't be fun anymore and I wouldn't enjoy life and and I wouldn't be happy. Um uh so you know, somewhat against my will, uh I I made the decision, but I didn't really want to. My family really pushed me to go to AA to get sober, to give that a try. And even at that point, I really was like. I'm just, you know, doing this to appease them. I'm doing, I'm gonna learn how to moderate so I stop causing stress for my family. But um, I didn't really see myself having a sober lifestyle. That was crazy to me. And, you know, I was fairly young. I think I was 24 at the time. I do think, you know, as time progressed, I would have, probably eventually like gone into the rooms myself just because the consequences would have gotten so bad. But at that point, you know, I was, I was lucky that my family pushed me to, to get sober at that time because I was um, it left my own devices. I would have kept going until I hit a much, much deeper bottom. Um, And then when I got sober, it changed my life and it opened the world up for me um everything I was worried about the opposite was true um I mean it wasn't right away because and I want to highlight this for people who are struggling with making this decision the first few months I would even say like the first year was pretty horrific for me like it was not Certainly the first few months were really difficult learning how to socialize sober, learning how to be comfortable with anxiety or, um, getting bad news or even like celebrating or getting good news without alcohol. Um, but after that, uh, stage of, of getting used to it and kind of letting my, on a neurological level, letting my brain reset, um, my life got fucking awesome. I mean, can I curse?
0: <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. okay.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, everything I was worried about, like, you know, friendships and, and how am I going to travel sober? How am I going to party and go out to clubs? Is my life going to be boring? Like it was just the complete opposite. Like my life is so much more exciting now, so much more fun. And I still go out and dance and date and, everything and it's so much better so
0: i love that can you give our audience some tips on how to party in recovery especially early recovery
1: yes well so early recovery it it is difficult you just you have to do it and you have to get used to it it's going to be a little awkward um you know things like first dates or, or meeting people the first time just are inherently a bit awkward um But I think it's important to remember that, like, those uncomfortable feelings are, it's not great to always completely diminish any feelings of discomfort. Like, if you're, I would always, you know, I'd be wasted every time I went out on a date. So, of course, I had a great time. And I thought every guy I went on a date with, especially ones who, like, brought drugs, I thought, you know, love in my life. Like, I thought they were great. Um, Now, it's like I have feelings of discomfort or boredom or annoyance when I'm around people who I don't vibe with. And that's, you know, might be uncomfortable in the moment. But in the long run, it's a good thing because I don't waste time and energy on situations that, you know, aren't fulfilling for me and uh, this is what i did in the early sobriety to help myself get comfortable um you know i don't know if i would recommend it for everyone but <laughs> i uh i was traveling around a lot when i first got sober and um i was i was going out a lot and i really wanted you know i for me i was like if i'm going to be sober like i'm not going to give up like going out to clubs and going out and dancing Um, but when I was going out, these feelings would come up that I think are natural that, uh, (laughs) but like when you have, there's something that you, you want to do, but you have some inhibitions about like, you're like, Oh, I want to go like dance on that table. But like, I'm nervous. So like, I would go talk, I think, you know, that person is attractive. I would go talk to them. But if I had a few drinks to me, I would do it. Now I can't. And that would always like pop up and it was triggering to me. Um, so I went through this phase where I just, every time I had one of those thoughts, I just did it. I would you oh, know, wow. jump up and jump nice. off the table. Like I made myself go like, you know, talk to like strangers or whatever. Um, and it just, it got me very, very comfortable very quickly. And and I, you know, I didn't, Need that, didn't feel the need for that like social crutch of alcohol. Um, but like that being said, like I don't know, I'm <laughs> like I I'm sure I did like I was like you know partying all over Europe and stuff, and I'm, I'm sure there were some bar owners who didn't love me dancing on their tables, but right, right, it, you know,
0: <laughs> I love that. Um, so we got to take note that it's important some time to push yourself in recovery because you're still. when you when you have your sobriety you're even more beautiful you have like puff daddy says you have more of that sexy you have more of that that kind of robust go get it energy but we don't want to limit ourselves because we don't have our drug of choice giving us that fake coverage like go out there and really like have fun give give yourself the treat of um freedom right? Don't be inhibited in any way because you're not using, right? And that's beautiful because when I first got sober, I definitely was like 100% straight up square. Like I, I, I didn't want to dance. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to go nowhere. But as I started going out more, I started realizing, wait a minute. You know, halfway through the party, I'm still good. I still have all my faculties about me. I still look good. And then you start to see that dynamic switch. People start getting wasted. And you that you become that cool person that's just level headed and wind up being able to really connect with people, help people. But you always get to leave with uh, with your self-respect, dignity, integrity, without the blackouts, without the what the hell did I do last night vibe, right? Oh my god, yeah, I'm going
1: to wake up and be like, Where's my wallet? and why is everyone mad
0: at me? <laughs> word, word, word. So, like, you mentioned, all right, you mentioned something that I want to kind of go back on, which is extremely important. You were speaking about appeasing your family and at first, good getting sober for them, kind of being like it's for them, but somewhere along the process, going to AA, actually exploring recovery, you started to see the benefits for yourself. Um, I think we know that it's kind of dangerous trying to get sober for someone else because it's really difficult that way. You have to get sober or get clean and just to disclaim out there, Sober is Dope represents both people that are dealing with alcohol, drugs, and all other process addictions. So we're speaking to everyone because I had experience with drugs as well as alcohol. Although my drug of choice is alcohol, I can relate. And um, I know you hear, you hear these horror stories like I got sober for my wife or sober for my husband or sober for my man or sober for my girl or my brother or sister, only to relapse again because you wasn't really ready you're a different case. You kind of went in there halfway where I'm kind of doing this, but then somehow you did it for yourself and was able to follow through. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think, I mean, whatever like brings you to the point where you're going to give it a try, I think is great. But I, I do think you need to have that internal motivation and feel like, you're doing this for yourself to to stick with it. I mean, I think that's why it stuck for me because um, it, it, there definitely was a point where and it switched over, and and certainly now um, the main reason I'm sober is is because it's good for me, um, you know, and it's bonus points that it makes keeps other people happy. Um, but yeah, I I think. Well, the way I looked at it was like, kind of like, it's an experiment, right? Like I've had, you know, a good 10 years drinking and drugging and, you know, there've been some good moments, um, and a, a lot of bad moments and, and this is what it's like, but I, I owe it to myself to give it a try, um, life and sobriety and, and see what that does for me. And, and then making an informed decision. Like, do I want to go back to drinking or do I want to stay sober? And, um, that worked for me. And as a 24 year old who doesn't want to be like, oh, I'm going to be sober forever. Uh, that, that was a helpful way to think about it. And then just, it, I mean, it just, the evidence spoke for itself. Like I'm so much happier now. Um, and I have such stronger relationships and all of that, um, that like, I just, I mean of course I still have uh, weak moments or cravings. I mean that's very very normal but just thinking about it logically like there's no no reason I would want to go back to that.
0: I love that. Speaking of cravings and triggers and some, you know, for me, you know, how I navigate that cuz the world will get to you and I always talk about that connection between mental health and our addiction, right? You got to that co-morbid relationship, that underlying dual relationship where one could f- fuel the other or the mental health could fuel the addiction. Um, we have to kind of like take that in account. And for me, I used to always think about the worst points in my addiction and those horrible moments when I had these slippery thoughts, right? Because they do come where we deal with life. You're like, damn, man, like like you said in the beginning, it could be a death in the family. It could be something exciting. You get this big promotion and this concept of like, let's celebrate. It could be a breakup, right? We talk about loss and any form of loss changes the blunt brain through neuroplasticity and could kind of have someone fall into depression or some form of mental health something um, causing them to kind of be like I'm not in the same mental state so for you how do you deal with triggers or those slippery thoughts when they come and any tips for our audience on how you deal with that
1: yeah I mean it it's tricky because um, addictions really really sneaky um, I mean in the beginning my triggers were horrible horrible my cravings were so bad you know they would I was white knuckling it a bit for sure um you know they would last hours and I would like sit there like it was really difficult um and getting through that I mean I definitely thought about it one day at a time I would literally be like oh yeah you can drink tomorrow like get through this afternoon go get a bottle of vodka for breakfast tomorrow no problem Mm -hmm. I did that for like days and days and days um and I really relied heavily on you know I call them my tribe, but just like my community of people who who support me, you know my sponsor and and other friends in recovery, my family, my friends, both in and out of recovery, uh calling them and and talking to them um, and so that you know helped me in the beginning, and now you know. It's I don't get as intense cravings anymore, but it's sneakier because I like think I'm good. Um, I go out all the time. I'm you know alcohol it, it's depends on your drug of choice, but alcohol is always around. I mean, I can't you know it's when I go out to events or I'm always around I'm around people who are drinking a lot of the time and and normally it doesn't phase me. and then once in a while. You know, I came back, I had some friends over before we went out to an event and I came back and there was alcohol at home and like there was tension between me and the alcohol, you know, just out of the blue. I had been at an event all night where there was alcohol around, not a thought, Um. And I don't know, I like went outside and gave it to my neighbors.
0: Good, good. No, <laughs> it was, like, congrats two
1: in the morning.
0: Congratulations. Congratulations. You know, something like that seems so simple, but that was powerful, you know, because in that moment, it takes that one moment to be like, ah, just one. And we know we can't handle just one. But yeah. we, it, like you say, you say alcohol is sneaky. I love to say insidious. It has like that insidious sneaky thing, it just like messes with you. And that's incredible that you did that. And listen, everyone that's listening, that's powerful. Sometimes you might, someone might give you a bottle not knowing that you're in recovery. Because some people like to stay anonymous and some people are vocal about it. Yeah. And it's been times where I got bottles uh, and I just was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to throw this shit down the drain or flush it down the toilet because I'm just not, you know. And then I'd be having guilt sometime, like giving it to a family member or something like that, because I know what it could do. So I'm like, "Yo, this stuff is crazy, but it's always gifting it. That's a technique. And just like really cutting that tension with action, man. i give you props for that, for real. So you have about three years in recovery right now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Three, three and a half. So my sober date is July 4th. Okay.
0: 19. All right. Yeah. Just celebrated your, your, your third year. All right. Um. Yeah, I remember I started, I guess, Sober is Dope in my sixth year because I was just like, I was like so, so bad when I got, so I had to, every day for the first six years, I just was focused on getting better. Never even dawned on me. Um, How do you feel now? Um, Because I consider three years kind of still early recovery, but I consider 10 years early recovery, but it's still a lot of time, but we're still sensitive. We're in a sensitive way where the further you get away from your addiction, the more you're going to tend to deal with. it. It gets easier, but it also gets more challenging. Because you're just dealing with more. You take on more jobs, you take on more opportunity, you take on more people, you take on more of the world. As you know, when we first get sober, it's like, um, ah, I'm, I'm I'm in rehab or I'm home. I'm just focusing on this. I'm not going anywhere. So in your case now, um, how are you doing in this um three years? Are you happy? Is there any difficulty? Um, anything that you're struggling with that you might want to talk about?
1: Yeah, um no what you're saying is is so so true and and I feel like I've been feeling that and didn't know how to word it. So well, um definitely because in in early recovery my main focus was just getting through each day without drinking and now I kind of expect myself to get through each day without drinking and I'm putting pressure on myself to do other things. Um so I do have to, you know, make sure to 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 be aware of that like not I, I you know i'm comfortable with with dealing with a lot of stress and work and and i i do enjoy that type of thing but um i don't want to put so much stress on myself to the point uh that you know i'm i'm threatening my sobriety i do think it's helpful that my like brand and the bulk of my work is very linked to my sobriety right. um So, you know, just even when I'm, like, working, I'm, like, creating, like, social media content and stuff, I'm getting, like, some good, like, sober (laughs) messaging. Um, But it's so important to take the time to just take care of yourself. Um, Go to, I mean, I go to whatever it is for you. For me, I I love to go to meetings. Um, And just, you know, being kind to yourself. and, And once in a while, I just, you know... Yeah, just acknowledge that that you're doing fucking awesome.
0: I love that. I love that. And um, yeah, it's important. And I will tell I'll give you a few tips because I have some time in and I was there. One, it's important to say no. You got to like, Matt, like when you like gauge from your recovery, if you're going to say yes to certain things. Yeah. And then when you put in certain opportunities on your plate, you have to look and say, well, I have a certain amount of energy and time. And if any of these things is going to burn me out or cause me to stress, then I should, you know, because I'm the king of no and, oh, we got the yacht party this week. And I'm also an artist, I, you know, and I do I do art and I do music. I do all of this stuff. So I, the the invites could get crazy. You know, you want to go to, you want to run to Mexico this weekend. You want to go, all type of stuff. And I, I I have to, like, look at the group. And like, right, these are my wild cousins. I know if I go with them, it's going to be wild. Like, I have to say no because it's like, but it's also important when you are linked. This is the biggest thing when you part of your work is linked to your recovery. It sets this expectation that we have to be better than other addicts who don't have a platform about our, their addiction, or you have to hold, you have to be held to kind of this higher standard because you're vulnerable and, and putting yourself out there. So I have a brand called Sober Is Dope. People's going to be like, well. There's an expectation for me to always be sober. So what happens is if I'm struggling because I have this platform, I would most people that we saw people commit suicide this year behind this kind of concept. So I'm trying to bring it home. We see people kind of like relapse in what we call secrecy and still try to get on the platforms and try to push this narrative because they probably feel like they couldn't go back to that same community and say, hey, I'm struggling and I'm vulnerable, right? Yeah. So, so my thing is with these platforms, we have to just make sure that we're even extra vulnerable if we're struggling. Like, don't yeah. be afraid, right? Because you're rehab studios, but you're also Claire. That's in recovery, yeah. right? And I'm I'm Pop Buchanan, but I'm also Joseph who's in recovery and so It's Dope. So at the same time, it's like I have to say because I had we lost I lost two friends this year, right? And I felt like, and they was in recovery. They both had big platforms, and I just kind of wish I could speak to them and just say, "Look, man, forget the platform, forget all of that shit. Forget if you relapse. Let's just work together and get back to the drawing board." So for you yeah. and anyone that's in early recovery, remember, watch the triggers, know your triggers. Watch out for slippery thoughts, places, people, things. Um, remember to stay vulnerable. And as you start sharing your recovery and recovering out loud, like they love to say, just remember you're still a human being in recovery. Right. Yeah, right well, Chris? my
1: friend said something to me, you know, early on um, that was really helpful to me. What was the exact wording? I think she pulled it from, you know, the big book, but she said it's like, you know, the whole basis of of recovery is we're not saints. We're just, um, you know, constantly striving to improve. And the truth of the matter is addiction is a chronic relapsing lifelong brain disease. It's the third leading cause of death in the country. Like this is a really it's a relapsing disease and it's a difficult disease recovery is not linear. Um, and even if you, anyone, me, anyone slips up and, and, and relapses that doesn't negate all the amazing work you did and the sobriety you got so far. Um, so, you know, I absolutely agree. I think it, it you have to recovery we all recover in our in our own ways and all you can do is is just constantly um strive to to be your healthiest self
0: i love that i love that so talking about you let's get into rehab studios formerly known as rehab barbie um the reason why i'm mentioning that is i i i would love getting the emails from you for rehab barbie and i would be like you know i was like this person must have really good marketing because you was there. You're everywhere. It's like, I would see my email and I'll see something else. And by the end of the day, I'll see another thing. It'd be like, I got a link with this person. Um, So can you talk to us about the, the passion behind coming forward and taking your recovery and making it out loud and starting rehab Barbie and how that kind of like avalanche into rehab studios
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've always, I, I've worked in fashion for most of my career and I've always been very, you know, creative uh, just with designing and, and making jewelry and that type of thing. And uh, so that's where the project came from. I mean, it was really kind of like a hobby, like a passion project. I was sending out my own graphic designs to be printed on clothes so that I could wear them. <laughs> cool. Um and making jewelry just for me to wear and, and people, you know, my friends and and people really liked it. Uh, so I just thought, you know, why not? I'll just launch, launch a brand. Um, and I noticed that a lot of my, I mean, I, I think a lot of like artists and designers, they pull on their own life and their own story and their art. And for me, a lot of that was my, my recovery and my sobriety. And um, I also, you know, feel like such a strong connection to the sober community and, and the mental health community and all of the <clears throat> those different communities. Um, so I really just wanted to weave that into the brand and the marketing in some way. And Rehab Barbie is, was this kind of persona that I thought up of um because there's so much stigma and and pressure to be anonymous which i understand and everybody has to make that decision but i loved having like this idea of of a rehab barbie who is unapologetic about her recovery and is is really uh loves to to party sober and and tells people she's sober and and Mm -hmm. and doesn't hide it and doesn't isn't ashamed of it and um you know, for me, that was kind of something to, like, like, I want a Barbie doll for Rehab Barbie, you know, like, (laughs) little kids have their like teacher Barbie. So like, I'm gonna grow up to be a teacher. (laughs) I want to grow up to be Rehab Barbie, who's like, partying at all the hot spots across the globe, always has the best outfit, and like, doesn't need, doesn't need alcohol or anything, you know so just that like aspirational fun and like fuck the stigma vibe like right you know um so that yeah that's where it came from and uh we launched on kickstarter and then on the website and it just kept growing uh we had issues printing our supply because <laughs> barbie is trademarked um. So, you know, it's 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 been up and down. But now we're rehab studios um, and we're working on on bringing back the rehab Barbie design. Right. But uh, definitely still stands for the same thing, you know, just that that fun, unapologetic, like love for life and like the fact that sobriety is not boring like i can't stress that enough and i think it's so important because that's why i didn't want to get sober i didn't want my life to be boring now when i think about my life drinking i'm like that was really fucking boring you know like i was going out with the same people doing the same thing and like i didn't remember half of it and now my life is literally like a thrilling roller coaster (laughs) and exhausting (laughs) but not I,
0: No, definitely not Borman. That's why we started Sober's Dope. I was like, yo, I want to explain like Sober's Dope is lit. Like,
1: yeah.
0: like you you don't lose any swag or whatever anybody want to name it. You will always have this ability to pr- show up as your best self, your most authentic self and build upon that. So I really enjoyed our talk. Uh, one thing I wanted to close out with before we go into where people could find you and stuff is you mentioned a lot that you loved to talk about the, the brain addiction and the signs of um, your addiction. Any tips or anything you would give anyone that's dealing with drugs or alcohol or about how to put it into a safe perspective?
1: Yeah, well, definitely, you know, read about it. I recommend the book, Under the Influence. This book changed my life. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, it's about how the brain responds to alcohol. So learn about it because there's a lot of good information out there. And also... And you mentioned before neuroplasticity. Any damage you've done to your brain. Well, I'm not a doctor, but the brain can change. Like absolutely if you've changed it through years of using, you can change it back. That's the I amazing that. part about our brains. So that's that's great to know.
0: I love that. I love that. So can you tell our audience where they could find you, how they could catch up with you, and what's new and coming and to be expected for rehab studios?
1: Yeah, so rehab studios and why. For New York. So rehabstudiosny dot is our website. Uh, so you can learn all about us there. And then our socials are linked there too. We're mainly on Instagram and TikTok. We love TikTok. Uh,
0: TikTok so, yeah.
1: at Rehab Studios NY. Definitely check us out and we would love to hear from you guys.
0: Claire, thank you so much for blessing us with your presence it has been extremely illuminating and your energy and jubilance and enthusiasm is refreshing because this is what recovery looks like. Friends and family, the joy is not easy. We acknowledge that today. We do have our struggles. We are human, but it's always going to be better than where you came from in the darkness of your addiction. So give recovery a try follow, support Rehab Studios, and we are excited. You're listening to the Sober is Dope podcast. That's a wrap for our amazing episode with Claire Kamai. I love you all. Bet on yourself. Rescue yourself. Don't give up, and we will catch you on the other side. Peace and love.